everyone. I'm your host, Liana Pavane, founder of TTYL, human connection advocate, certified life coach, and most importantly, a human that's just trying to figure it out. I'm your unapologetic 20-something native New Yorker, advocating selfships. Yes, I'm in a relationship with myself while navigating the dating world. I'm on a mission to break down dating stigmas in our society and to stop ghosting. I started this podcast after my ex broke up with me over the phone. I know, at least it wasn't a post-it. And I realized that our dating etiquette was severely lacking due to technology. Each week, I invite guests onto the podcast from all walks of life to discuss their first date horror stories and best dates. Because let's be honest, we don't focus on the positives enough when it comes to dating. The best part about this podcast is that after each episode, I've walked away feeling more confident about myself and my relationships. So whether or not you're single, in a relationship, or find yourself in a situationship, I welcome you to get comfy as I dive into the uncomfy so we can normalize it together. Jitters, on your first date, not in your coffee. I am so excited to partner with Jibby Coffee a lifestyle and wellness brand that crafts functional coffee for the balance-seeking consumer. They crafted a CBD-infused Colombian cold brew to help people focus throughout the day without the jitters or crash. Dairy-free, gluten-free, vegan, no added sugar, and no compromises. Made in the U.S. and 100% recyclable. In addition to the fact that this coffee is focus and clarity boosting, 1% of every Jibby order goes to a high-impact nonprofit at no added cost to you. You can even track your impact directly through their partners, Charity Water, Food for Farmers, and Cannabis for Conservation. Use code GHOST15 for 15% off. That's GHOST15 for 15% off on both subscription and one-time purchases. Available at jibbycoffee.com for free shipping nationwide. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ghost of Dates Past. I'm particularly excited about today's episode because I'm here with biggest podcast fans, Reed and Florence. They are... Hey. Hi. <laughs> They're the co- I'll just sneak that in there. <laughs> They're the co-hosts of the Fucks Given podcast and founders of Come Curious. And I'm so excited to have you guys here from different areas of the world right now. So... Yeah, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Yeah, sorry for butchering your in- intro. I was like, oh, hey, in with the like creepy hey as hey well. Guys. Hey. <laughs> hey, guys, we're just here in the background. Uh, yeah, so I'm Reed, one half of Come Curious with yeah, Florence. Florence. And nice to meet everyone here. We talk about sex. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, it's so weird being guests on somebody else's podcast because we're so it's used so to hosting. Funny. And, and, yeah, and we, we turn into sort of like <laughs> we turn into more. <laughs> we're a bit like oh, we, we also I think we our hosting skills kick in and then we try and host and try and lead and then we're like oh fuck we can't actually do that like calm yourself calm back down and get back into like guest seat so stop it stop yeah it. <laughs> so a little bit about us as well like we're actually just coming up to our three year anniversary of our podcast fucks given which has been like I guess similar to you we just talk about we've been talking about sex and getting guests on like it's just been the most amazing experience I've learned so much from every single person that we've ever got on the podcast I feel like I'm slightly like you know you feel like you've reached a level in your skills relationships and no stop stop now no you can never peak with relationship and sex skills it's just not possible you will always be learning 100 and yeah so so we have the podcast fucks given uh we also have a youtube channel we originally started on youtube seven almost coming up to seven years ago um talking about sex positivity body honesty mental health everything all cumbersome stuff and just yeah now we're we're, now we're doing the instagram thing it's crazy um (laughs) so yeah the whole pizzazz i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of we are not we're not like sex educational no wait no wait that's came come out wrong we're not like the school version of sex education we're like your best friends talking about like the filthy blowjobs and getting fingered down an alleyway with um, the explicit sex yeah, education. Normalizing the, the stuff that you wanted to hear at school. Exactly, but you couldn't. Normalizing kinks and fetishes and just yeah, everything. Talking about absolutely everything. Discharge, dick cheese, 
some other shit that's gross and I can't really think about what. Oh, shit, I used the G word as well. We're not supposed to say gross because it's just all normal bodily functions. Yeah, <laughs> It's not me. gross. I mean, that's that's the whole reason we started this was to normalise all these things like kinks, fetishes. Um, and porn. So, yeah. That, porn that's and sex aim. work. Aim porn and to, sex porn work is like too. our big... Because we're both on OnlyFans as well. There's, There's too many things. Too much, we, basically. <laughs> I know. I have so many questions for you guys, obviously. And we only have so much time. But I... Just, yeah, I mean, I was telling them before that they were the first podcast I started listening to. They are just a huge inspiration for the layout of the show. Their original setting for the podcast was the first fuck, the worst fuck, the fuck that changed me. And they would put these little stories in with their guests. And so that was the inspiration behind the first date horror story and the best first date. And I love that you guys are talking about and normalizing all things sex, because that's a lot of what I do on the podcast, specifically more with dating and just breaking down dating stigmas and normalizing conversations and experiences that people are going through, whether it's someone who has an eating disorder or being sober in the dating world and how to navigate that. Or I talked to someone who was incarcerated, you know, just all these kinds of different worlds that we aren't really aware of in dating particularly. But I'd love to just dive in and talk about your guys's first day horror stories. Woo! Yeah, yeah buddy. Florence, do you fancy like, going first, or do you wish I go first? I feel like mine's quite deep. Like I wish it could be funny, but it's not. <laughs> I mean, horror like covers so many different terms, doesn't it? It's like funny horror, right? but also like horrific, traumatizing horror. I mean, it's Halloween month, exactly. so you know it can be as horrific <laughs> as Let's you go want. For it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I want to tell the story of like I met I met a guy on Hinge, which I have had like really bad luck with. I don't think I've ever had like a successful Hinge date for some reason. And we started chatting basically. Actually, like over last. Oh no, maybe two Christmases ago. And the chat was so good. And we started talking about all our kind of like kinks and fetishes. And like, we got into talking about the kind of like daddy dom role play kind of stuff. And I was just like, wow, like this is really turning me on. And like, this is amazing. And it got really far. And he was just like, he, he, he was almost like, oh, you've got to change like my name in your phone to daddy. And like, I was kind of getting off on it on the t- at the time. I was like, yeah I could get down with this is actually really <laughs> sick so I was really excited to meet him basically because we've been having this kind of like relationship through texting um, over Christmas where he would tell me to do things like go upstairs and like masturbate but like don't come and I don't know loads of things that was like at, just really really hot and like controlling me from afar, which I found like a huge turn on. So hot. But um, then it came to, I actually, I think I actually left because I was down in Brighton for Christmas. I think I left early because I was like so excited to go back up to London to meet him. And I got, so I got back early and like immediately I was like, okay, let's organize this date and we're, we're going to meet in a bar and then like see where it goes. And you know, when you, you meet someone, you're just like, you're not what I expected at all gone like in a little it was it was really wild as well because he was so like controlling and dominant and assertive over text i was imagining this kind of like because in his photos he was like really heavily tattooed and like kind of like emo and i was like this is it's like kind of back to my old emo teenage days but um he was also 40 and when I met him, I was like, oh, you're a 40 year old that looks like a 12 year old. And <laughs> this isn't hot. And he was really shy, really quiet, softly spoken. He was from Brazil. And it was, yeah, it was just so not what I was expecting. And my heart just like, I was just like, oh God, now, now what do I do? Because like, we've had all this like pre- conversation before the date like how do I then go into this date and what do I say what do I how do I act so and I'm a people pleaser so I was just like trying to make the conversation and like trying to like keep it up and like he put his hand on my knee and I was like oh god this is kind of creepy um but then also because we had spoken about sex so much it was kind of a given that we were gonna go back and fuck so yeah so I felt this is so bad, but I felt obliged to go back to his. 
because we had so much conversation about it before. And I definitely am getting to a place where I don't do that anymore. But at that point, I was just out of like a long relationship and I was just, I just felt like I had to go back to his and um, it just ended up in the creepiest sex situation that I think I've ever been in because he it was like he was trying out all like the role play kind of stuff that we had spoken about but in this like soft creepy voice that was not dominant not assertive and like it just sounded so fucked up but I guess like the weird thing about it was that I was kind of slightly getting off on like the sort of weird grotesqueness of the situation (laughs) and So basically I ended up staying and I really wanted to leave basically like after we fucked I was like I just need to go but I I couldn't I couldn't go because I felt too bad I felt so like I just felt way too bad to leave so I ended up staying the whole night and going for breakfast with him and then and then (laughs) during the breakfast I basically told him that I don't I'm not really feeling it blah 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 and I was wearing his um jumper he gave me his jumper to like wear to breakfast I can't remember why and then as soon as I got back to mine I got a text from him saying can you uber back my jumper to me right now (laughs) without any like (laughs) I was like I thought like from the breakfast he was really understanding about the fact that I wasn't into him and like that I just wasn't ready for that sort of thing with him and I wasn't feeling the connection but um yeah he apparently as soon as he was out of the situation he was just like no I need my jumper back now stat and I was just like fuck okay anyway that was that was like I think that was the weirdest situation that I've ever been on on, in a date because it was just so creepy and also I felt so annoyed at myself for not leaving sooner and actually for going back and fucking him in the first place because it was not good. <laughs> you knew it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> I knew it was going to be awful. You knew it was going to be bad. Okay, guys, like, listen up. Right now, I've got, like, surveyors coming in my flat and one of the dudes has this, like, this, it's a laser, but it looks like, like, some kind of crazy sex toy. I was like, oh, my days, it looks so cool. Uh, obviously it's not a sex toy, but that's some some nice chic design. There's loads of male masturbators that literally come looking like that. So yeah, they're currently um, having a look at my flat and lasering some shit with their... Oh, you can't even see it, but in, in inverted comments, like, regular laser, not sex toy laser. <laughs> Unreal. Amazing. But Florence, I so feel what you went through because I've been there and it's so uncomfortable. And I feel like, especially, I think it's such a thing that a lot of women do in our society as much as we don't want to, and we, we want to be confident. We want to come off as assertive, but we get ourselves in situations and we just go, fuck, like, what do I do? And I feel like we freeze in moments of unsurety and and we are taught to be people pleasers like you said and this is just such an inherited value that I think has been passed down through generations and it's just been yeah I also am in a space where I'm very much okay with calling people out and like I've I so I started doing this thing where I started facetiming dates it's called like a zero date yeah like off a dating app before and that really helped me put a face to the voice and really see someone so that I'm not catfished or even kittenfished kind of like you yeah. are. Cause it, it can just be so like, you just feel like you're in, you're in the situation now. So you're like, I have to like go through whatever it is, even like just the date or going through with it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I a hundred percent feel you. <laughs> I think that was a really good thing about COVID, like virtual dating. Cause like the screening and virtual dating is so good, but there are definitely some people out there. I think I met like one guy last year at some point and I met him for a date and I said, oh, I was going to like ask us, like ask you to do a virtual date before. And he was like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. It's like, what? Yeah. Just like meeting people before you, before in person is just, I found so important. And like, I've even called guys out now just through texting them because they've done something to upset me. Like communication is super important to me. And I had this guy cancel our date four hours before the date 
but not tell me until I reached out to him. And then he's like, oh, but I rescheduled. Yeah. He was like, I rescheduled it for the next weekend. And I was like, uh, well, I'm away next weekend. So this isn't going to work. And like, I'm sorry, but communication is super important to me. And you disrespected and disrespected me. And so I'm not interested anymore. I just feel like I'm in a space where I have no problem calling guys out on their bullshit because they are just the audacity that they have sometimes. It's so important to catch that really early as well when you're talking about stuff like that in in just in that texting process with dating because otherwise if you see a red flag if you see something that you're not comfortable with and don't state it that can already set up the whole feeling for the date or the feeling for the relationship whatever that might be it is important and if they don't handle it well then fucking red flag and run away like run the fuck away they need to be like oh my god i'm so sorry they need to apologize immediately no excuses no like bullshit no negativity it's got to be an apology otherwise if not run a mile yeah what are some of your guys's like biggest red flags on dating apps oh fuck when what when on the profiles or when you start talking i think either hmm on on dating profiles i think when people have zero information on the profile or just like one photo or photos that don't have their face in as well like that for me is just like I would never match with any of those people. Or photos where like you can kind of see their face, but not really. That's a no-go. Yeah, the half, the half face. <laughs> Lots of like topless selfies, not really into. I don't like it when accounts sort of say like a lot of no's where it's like no vegans, no baby mummies, no Tories, which is like political. Yeah, it's like it... And I, I mean, even if you believe it, like even if you have the same views, putting nose in there is just like a massive red flag. It's just so fucking negative. Yeah, so close-minded. That's so true. That's a good one. I think when people start talking to you as well, I think if the conversation goes like straight into sex, that's a red flag for me because I'm just like, I, that you know, I would like to get to know you before we start like flirting and sex chatting and stuff. Like even if that's like where I wanted it to go, like eventually that is not what, is hot i just want you to get to know me basically and also when people don't put any effort into the conversation it's so off-putting you're like wait so what and you want to meet up the worst ones when they start with hey or hi and like nothing you just get nothing else and you're just like and what what am i gonna do with this like hey back that's gonna go nowhere give me something say something oh my god i literally have to read these last couple conversations i had with these guys it was literally like i commented on a photo And I was like, love the camel photo, rode one too. It was so fun. And he was like, very, very bumpy though. And I'm like, okay, like off to an interesting start. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, here's the sirens. I'm like, okay, did it happen? Did it happen on- fucking- Is it really loud? It's just scary. I've never heard of a siren like that. (sighs) No, American sirens are I mean, I guess it's just the way that you grow up. Like our sirens are so different. That's terrifying. Yeah, it sounds (laughs) like a baby crying. It's that, it sounds like a, like a World War II raid siren. It's like, fuck, your country's about to end. What the fuck? Yeah, it's, uh, they go on for quite a while, but we'll just, you know, we'll go through it. It's like part of the podcast yeah. now. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, like, did you go on birthright? Whatever, because like I went on birthright and that's where I rode the camel. And he was like, I didn't. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, were you in Israel? Wait, did you go birthright? I did. Hey, same. Ah, Look at that. Yeah, it was like, it was so fun. It was so fun. Yeah, I rode the camel, but I also hated it. Yeah, I was just like, this is not right. This is not (laughs) okay. I know when you're actually there. Yeah, but it was just like the whole thing. It was just like one thing after the other. And then I'm talking to this other guy and he's just, I was saying like, you know, I'm really into dancing. And I was saying like, oh, like, what are you doing this weekend? Like, I'm going to this 80s night dancing cover band tonight and I'm like talking about all these places I love to go dancing in Brooklyn whatever whatever and he's like not for me oh what and I'm like why would you you don't say that dancing yeah like and what did that mean what does that mean that's such a weird thing to respond with not for me like I don't like fun and like having a nice time cool like what the fuck is that about yeah I literally almost did the whole not into dancing not into having fun (laughs) <laughs> you know, like kind of like asking the those questions back to back to back. But yeah, I just I just match with someone that I'm excited about. But we'll see. I I don't know. Yeah, dating dating apps are t- tough. Whew. 
They are tough. Fuck it. I'm there. I'm there with you right now. I went on a date last night. Yeah? Oh, wait. Yeah. Tell tell everyone, Florence, you recently went through a breakup and you've decided a lot of what we talk about on the podcast is this concept of a self-ship focusing on your relationship to yourself. And I feel like you are embodying this right now, living your best life, traveled away to heal from your breakup. So talk about this journey, getting from that space to where you are now and now going back on the dating apps a little bit. Yeah, I guess I I really felt this time after this breakup that, cause it definitely, the relationship ended in this kind of codependent space. And like in a space where I was just like, I don't know how to be happy by myself anymore. So I definitely had this huge realization of like, wow, I really felt the gravitas of actually needing to be secure, being able to be happy by myself without anyone else around me. Cause I was like, if I can't do that, I'm never gonna be happy in a relationship or I'm gonna like expect too much from that person. And that is, I just felt like that is so unfair to put on a person that I end up with to be like my everything, like the one person that makes me happy. And it was kind of a big realization as well. Cause I don't think you can really notice that you're doing that with someone until it kind of gets to the, the crux of it. And like the end and you're like, oh fuck. Like I, I ended like the relationship ended and I felt so devastatingly sad. And like, like it, it's been the worst breakup of my life. The heartbreak has been extreme, but I've been doing a lot of, definitely a lot of like soul searching. I've been in the therapy. I've been journaling. I've been doing all the stuff. Cause I'm like, wait, this breakup isn't a bad thing. The breakup is a space where I can heal all the things that I, I had to do with relationships and like so I can kind of like heal and grow myself and prepare myself for actually meeting someone that is going to be an amazing life partner so I guess I've been on this journey I, I got first of all I was just like, I need to get out of the country need to get out so I got myself to Croatia first of all I had this week away where I was doing like yoga at 7 a.m every single morning sitting there like journaling walking around listening to podcasts about breakups and healing and all of that and yeah I kind of I got back and I had this whole like had this whole thing basically where I was like I need to write a list of things that make me happy because I was struggling to feel happiness at all after the breakup nothing was making me happy and because I was was so sad without him so I was like okay first of all like write a list of lots of like little things that make you happy so like things like your plants growing or you're like going driving or getting a tattoo and like small things that you can actually like action in everyday life and then I was like okay so how am I going to make these things happen and then I also wrote some things on my list that were bigger big things that I knew that would really like make a big impact on me and like help me start experiencing life again and like the positives in life again and that like one of the biggest ones was traveling for me because oh my god after covid I I mean traveled a lot before covid and it's been it was like two years not doing any traveling and then got into this relationship and I was like wait what were the things I wanted to do before getting into this relationship before covid and because I had just gone out of like a longer relationship back then as well so I had all these things that I wanted to do like to date loads of people to like experience more to experience my sexuality more and like just to travel and do the things and I'd always wanted to get out to LA for a bit and stay with my uncle there and kind of just be work remotely from there so I basically just you know what I'm gonna do it and I figured out a way of doing it, which is why I'm now sitting in Toronto, Canada, because you can't actually travel directly to the States at the moment from the UK. I mean, you will be able to in November, but I was like, I can't wait. So I just, I, I did it. I did it. I'm here and I'm like, I'm alone too. So like solo traveling is definitely an experience. And I really feel like it's like the biggest test in like being happy by yourself because you literally have no other option. I'm I'm settling in. Yes. I love everything you're saying. You're so beautiful. I'm so proud of you for for taking that leap of faith. No, it's truly, it's like a lot of people just sit with it and keep going through their routine. And I feel like really pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. I think the practical tools that you just laid out are super helpful as well. 
I mean, I've done solo travel and I love traveling and it's just been the most healing and I think eye-opening experience just not only for an internal perspective, but also culturally. I think it's just really important to expose yourself to different ways of thinking and different ways of living. I mean, I you jumping around from Croatia, Toronto, LA, I mean, those are such different cultures. So I feel like you're just going to learn so much about yourself, but other people in the process as well. So I'm excited for you to take this journey. Yeah, me too. And I'm, yeah, I've, I decided to get back into dating and stuff again, because I was just like, you know what? I think I'm ready. I, I need to meet new people. I want to have sex. Like I want new connections. And like whilst I'm away, it's a great place to explore all of that because I'm only here temporarily. So I can't get like super deep into anything. Um, so I feel like it's a good place to explore potentially. So we'll see. Yay. Yeah. And on the flip side, Reed is now recently in a relationship, which I, I've been hearing your kind of struggles with like the boyfriend term and everything on the podcast (laughs) I'm still struggling with that term man I'm like oh fuck so yeah I'm with a lovely man named Sam and we kind of fell into things because the sex was mind-blowing and then I was struggling for a long time about the term boyfriend girlfriend because we were more than we were more than just fucking each other but we didn't really want the term boyfriend and girlfriend and then one particular week I was feeling extremely loved up and I was like yes all right I'm gonna ask him to be my boyfriend and I'm still trying to figure out if that term is something we're both comfortable with it so yeah it's been a bit of an interesting one I'm definitely still going through like at the moment I'm going through through a bit of a a medical thing trying to figure out at the moment if I have endometriosis because I'm experiencing a lot of pain during and after sex and abnormal breathing breathing wow abnormal breathing (laughs) whoa abnormal bleeding as well as fucking what else like excruciating period pains and some other some other fun symptoms oh IBS stuff as well as we'll come back so yeah currently at the moment going through the waves of that um, I just came back from the sexual health clinic today to have a wart frozen off, a genital wart. So yeah, baby. Fun times, looking after my sexual health. I mean, genital warts are like the easiest STI to sort. Uh, they literally just get frozen and they're gone. You don't even need to take antibiotics. So yeah, just making sure that I'm I'm on top form. I, yeah, we love, we love a gyno check. My gyno is unfortunately leaving. And I, my mom, so my, me, my mom and my, one of my really good friends use her and we're all like, Dr. Tardik is leaving. What are we going to do? And like every, I call up the office and everyone's like, yeah, we don't have appointments until like July because everyone wants a female gynecologist and there are only so many in the, in New York. And I'm like, I will see the nurse practitioner. Like I don't, I literally message my guy now. There we go again with the sirens. I literally message my gyno like all the time, just like something's weird. I have a weird discharge. Like something's happening. Am I supposed like they're like it's your I like you're fine. You have your IUD. I'm like I know, but like is this normal? It's not going away. Like I don't know what to do. Like every other day, I'm just like stuck. Like there's always something with women. It's just oh yeah, vaginas. They are amazing and resilient. Yet they're a pile of shit, and they just really like fucking things up. Even when you're enjoying nice stuff like sex, new partners, maybe fucking without condoms. Like I literally got BV because we're starting to use. We're not using condoms anymore. I'm on the contraceptive pill, so uh, like, and then I get BV, and I'm like, cool, thanks, you know, dude, sort it out. I was, oh God, I was struggling with that. The whole relationship that I had with my ex. It was just like, but, and even the time that we were broken up and I slept with other people, like it was just sex, like other people like that I had sex with. It was just like anything that was up there. My vagina was like, nope, you're going to now smell for a little bit. And it's like, great. And that's just so normal as well. And we don't talk about it enough. And I feel like, uh, every every vagina owning person will listen to this and be like oh my god yep I've been there but every person who doesn't own a vagina will be like ew gross I don't want to know this and it's like you need to fucking know this this is so important because vagina owners go through this shit all the time constantly it never ends and there's nothing more attractive than somebody who doesn't own a vagina that actually like is cool about it and it's like oh babe like what can I do for you how can I sort you out how can I make this easy and nice for you not so grossed out by shit like that that 
that is the sexiest fucking thing. That and also looking after your sexual health. I don't yeah. oh, these men. It's so true. Where are <laughs> where are these men? But yeah, I just I I just want to say that Reed, I'm I'm really sorry that you're going through all this medical stuff, and I I do hope that you figure it out because that. Yeah, it's it's such a process and I've been there with going to the doctor and like things are wrong and you're getting all these tests and like oof, it's just such a process. So, I hope that and I'm happy that you're with someone who supports you in this and I love that you switched the narrative and asked him to be your boyfriend. I feel that's a that's a really fun little twist. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm like, "Oh shit." <laughs> nah, we're good, we're good. Yeah, what have I done? Yeah, I can't fucking back out of it now. No, it's just, uh, yeah, he's he's really lovely. He honestly is lovely. I think I'm just struggling with the fact that we can't have sex and can't have the type of sex and the regular sex that we were doing because it hurts too much and I'm I'm scared. I'm so scared. But we're we're gonna work through it. We're gonna it's gonna be okay. We're sending we're sending good vibes your way. Sending good vibes. But yeah, Reed, why don't you hop into your best first date story? Best? Oh my Lord, have mercy. Oh, that's so interesting. Best first date story. Fuck. I don't know. I haven't really had that many best first dates. I mean, I guess I could sort of say... Or a date, a good date in general. It doesn't have to be a first one. Um, A good date in general. Oh my God, I wasn't, I didn't have that prepped in my little... Uh, I mean, should I say my worst dates? Date stories? Not yet? Yeah, would that be easier? Yeah, you can go ahead with the worst date. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worst date story. I I have three of them. So I'm going to save the best till last. But one of them, someone said the N-word recently. Like, we're talking like maybe this year, last year, said the N-word. Insane. And then I also, on the way to a date, I broke my foot earlier this year. I forgot about that. As you were talking, Florence, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I broke my foot on the way to a date. Yeah, um, that happened. And I still went on the date and I still met up with the dude but he was being he tried to kiss me and obviously I was still in shock and like all over the place so yeah I was just like I'm gonna fucking go and then I went to the hospital next day um but my main worst date story and I hope it's okay trigger warning here talks about drugs I was clubbing on a night out and I hadn't ever had like the t the stereotypical one night stand where you meet someone on the dance floor and go home. So I was like, tonight I'm going to fuck someone, dude. Like, I'm so excited. I ended up just like pointing, looking around in the crowd. I was like, who can I fuck? Like who? Uh, pointed. I was like, you, you're pretty attractive. All right. Approached and I was like, hey, can I come back to yours? Do you want to fuck? I mean, it was along those lines. I was a little bit schwasty. He was like, yeah, okay, cool. So we ended up walking back to his. I am naturally, uh, I really like power play. I'm naturally a submissive. I love BDSM and bondage and everything. So this dude, I was like, so are you into anything? A little bit kinky? Uh, and he was like, yes. And I was like, well, are you kind of, do you sway more sub or dom? And he was like, I'm more sub, so like submissive, which I wasn't really expecting. And I was like, okay, that's not really my bag. Like I am a submissive, you're a submissive. Like, let's make this work. Let's like turn the dom mode on, full throttle. Let's make this work. Um, This was before I knew how to properly communicate. And I made a lot of mistakes, you know, like assuming that I knew what he wanted to hear, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, got back to his after chatting about dom sub stuff ended up making him get completely naked while I was fully clothed so a bit of I can never pronounce it it's like clothed female naked male is like a huge like a category on in porn and it's like c f n m there we go fuck me I had to spell it out there that's my dyslexia kicking in so yeah so being all dominant and sexy proper mistress like um, he's there naked. I'm there sitting on top of him, wanking him off, being like, yeah, you fucking love this, you pathetic little worm, giving him some humiliation, small cup humiliation. During this, his housemate comes in, like no knock on the door, just comes in and walks in and stands there and watches. And I'm like there, like his cock in my hand, and we're both staring at him and he's staring back. And I was like, uh, like, and he's just like not doing anything. I was like, what are you doing? Are you coming in to join us or are you leaving? And he was like, ha ha ha, and then walked out. So he leaves and I'm there and I'm like, okay, I've been literally wanking this dude off for like the past hour. Like my arm is tired, I'm done. I wanna go home, it's the end of the night. I'm, I'm tired, I am done. And I'm like, okay, you're gonna, 
this is a bit cunty of me, but I was like, you're going to fucking book me a cab and I'm leaving. You're paying for this cab. And I was like, get dressed, you sicken me. And he was like, okay, like getting this cab. He orders the cab and I'm like, right, I'm going downstairs. I go downstairs and there's a party going on downstairs. A party with people that I know that I weren't out with that evening. When I was like, what the fuck is everyone doing here? Oh my God, hey, hi, this is not cool. So I'm like, you know what? I might stay a little bit. And we've got some dude, he's a drug dealer, pouring fucking piles of coke on the kitchen surface, being like, anyone want some cocaine? Cocaine, everyone? I was like, well, don't mind if I fucking do. I will stay, do a little bit of cocaine, which is great. And then it's also really awkward because again, like this other dude that I just like wanked off for an hour. Oh, I forgot when he was coming as well. He was like, no, 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 I don't want to come yet. I don't want to come yet. And I'm like, I'm so tired. I just would like for you to come. And I'm like, I've been wanking you for half, like an hour. Dude, you're coming. And it was just, it was a very odd moment. So anyway, at this party, he comes down. He's not making eye contact or talking to me at all in any way, avoiding me at all costs. And I'm there like hanging out with my mates, like, yeah, doing the coke. I'm like, okay, it's like 2 a.m. I'm ready to go home. Let me do one more like home line of cocaine and then I'll be on my way. I do a fat line and the whole world goes sideways and the dealer poured out ketamine on the fucking table and me and about, I think it was like four other of my friends, maybe six of them, same thing happened to them. They've just done a fat line with me and they're all, it's like over the top K-hole. You know, like if anyone's taking ketamine, you know you do a tiny, tiny amount, especially not if you've been drinking, especially not if you've been like fucking partying all night. And so I'm in this fucking K-hole for another two hours. We're talking like deep, dark K-hole where I'm watching all my friends like also in a K-hole, not having a good time. My friend next to me, like my, my friend and I were holding each, gripping each other on the sofa. And he's also being sick on the floor at the same time because it's just way too much fucking drugs. I mean, I had like a very interesting time. It wasn't, I wasn't horrified. I was just like this feels fucking weird guys and then yeah finally came out of it and I was like I'm I gotta go home as well and also the the mate that I was holding on to on the sofa his girlfriend was calling him and calling him and calling him being like where the fuck are you I was like trying to answer the phone and be like like it's okay he's with me he's with me but like not being able to speak properly it was just insane finally got the like energy to get up off of that sofa and get a cab home and holy shit like I was like well that was that was a night. Oh, wow. Wow. I've also I've just loved watching Florence's face because it seems like she didn't hear this story before. I haven't heard that story. Oh, I'm sure I've said it before. I did just realize as I was saying that story, it's not really a date story, but it's just like a, I don't know, like a bad fuck story. That that was the worst fuck for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 The thing yeah, is, I wouldn't even like say it was the fuck. worst fucked because it was like, it, these are two great experiences that I did. I got to like fucking dominate somebody while I was fully clothed and they were naked and it was like really interesting. I was walked in on, I had a party downstairs and then I got to go in a K-hole for two hours, which I wouldn't recommend. It's not fun, but it's also very life experiencing. Oh my God. That is... Wow, that story is incredible. But I I love the the yeah, just everything about it is like perfect. I just feel like everything that happened that could have happened and went wrong. Do you guys do you guys watch Sex Education? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. The episode this past season, the episode where they go on the school trip to France and like everything that possibly I was literally I my parents don't watch the show but I was at their house last night for dinner and our apartment and I was like telling them the whole episode and I'm like yeah and then like the poop flew out the window and my mom's just getting hysterical just like (laughs) like what is happening and my favorite part like who wrote this (laughs) (laughs) my favorite part of the season is when Eric is like and Adam is like fixing his balls like in the school and he's like what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, so, so yourself out. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> and that's like, yeah, fuck. That was a great accent. The biggest joke now. I like told my parents this, and they're like hysterical, and we're all just like, so yourself out. <laughs> I love. I absolutely love. Yeah. Sex education is so good. I can't like. I just feel so happy for the generation of kids that have that yeah. show. It's teaching you it a lot as well. You, you learn yeah. so much from it. 
Yeah, about consent, about trauma, about like just so many good things. So yeah, they they are doing very well, and it's not even filmed like in England. That's the funny part. It's filmed in Wales. I figured it doesn't look like England. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's more like the private fantasy version that I think a lot. It's like almost like Harry Potter esque kind of like that. Like that. Our schools don't fucking look like that. <laughs> that. I think that's what I find it really interesting. Is like they kind of do the American school, but in in the UK so it's like this really weird combination but there must have been a reason for them doing that like they were like okay we want to reach like a really wide audience here so let's make it really relatable for everyone I know that the design of it they ended up making it like really I don't know what the term is you know when it's like you don't know what decade it's from so all the styling and the clothes it could be from any fucking decade which is really cool and they all have like do they have like weird phones I don't know I don't I don't even remember phones. I don't think so. Do they have phones? No, they have regular no, they phones. They all had flip phones. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, before we could talk about sex education forever. I know, I know we can. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, that show in particular, I think is really exploring just how to have conversations, how to have difficult conversations and and also just exploring your sexuality. And I know that you guys talk a lot about porn in general and how important it is to explore and learn more about your kinks and fetishes and all that stuff so what is some porn that you guys would recommend and like how have you used porn in your sex lives and brought it into the bedroom even oh good question we i mean we're very much on the pay for your porn path because we think it's really important, especially with Florence and I being educational, ethical porn directors, and we have our own porn series out. Well, two episodes, potentially continued in the future. Um, We think it is important, as well as being sex workers as well, like standing up and saying, no, it's not okay to just keep having free porn. You know, we're gone are the days of downloading music and then downloading films and TV shows. Like we can now start paying for porn, surely. Like that, that's where we're going for. Some good sites to recommend would be X Confessions. We also have Cheeks with an X. We have Lustry. Ersties, of course. Yeah. I mean, it just takes a little bit of research to find what you like and what you enjoy. I personally, I pay for kink.com which is like a huge porn website and they deal with like, again, it's all like fetish, kink, BDSM stuff, but you have to find your flavor. Lustry is really good because they, it's all amateur real couples. So what you're watching is couples that actually do really enjoy filming themselves fucking and putting them up on this site. Yeah, it's really cute. There's a lot of good stuff out there. We just need more of it and we just need to know about it. Do you guys use Balesa? Or no, oh yes, um, I, I haven't used them, but yeah, no of them, no of yeah, them. Yeah, that's the the site that I've been using, and it kind of this was like I just kind of got into porn, so this is it's new for me, and I'm still like exploring what I like watching and what turns me on. But I I've really enjoyed Balesa. They've been doing these blind dates, so like they'll get two of their people and put them on in between a screen with like a voice over situation where they sound like Darth Vader or something and they're like talking to each other and like the girl's voice is like more high pitched like and that guy's like this super deep weird voice and they're trying to like understand who they are and they're like they're asking them like what do you like what do you don't like like what's okay what's not okay so it's a really interesting mini episode on consent and like having the conversation before getting in the bedroom. It's not, doesn't take place in the bedroom either. And then they say like, okay, like put your headphones on, walk forward and you guys can meet your scene partner. And like, sometimes they know of each other, like in the same space, have worked with Balesa before. And then they walk into the bedroom and like, they can do whatever they want. And you know, it's, but it's just like this really beautiful moment because like there's, you see that connection happen first and it's very real and it's not, this whole like stage scene, which I really like. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, it sounds really cool. I want to check that out. Definitely want to check that out. That sounds so cute. I love. We also forget that like with, it doesn't have to be video porn as well. We have so much audio porn out there or erotic literature. Yes. I mean, I absolutely love, oh fuck, what's it called? Literotica, the website. And I love fan fiction. Um, If, there are characters that I'm watching in TV series or whoever, whoever I'm fantasizing about, then yeah, I, I will find really great fan fiction from them. And it's just, oh, 
love it all is some good shit. Yeah, because you can also use your imagination so much more oh my when God, you're reading yes. something. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah just I love whatever that. floats your boat. I, like for me, like I haven't really like watched much porn with partners, but what I have done is watch like educational sex content where it's kind of like it's explicit with with a partner which was really really interesting and really fun like it was like uh videos on like how to make someone squirt basically all just like good fingering techniques and stuff and that was really cool to do with a partner because you're both sitting there like learning something and then you can kind of like it's hot and it turns you on because you're seeing someone like get fingered but then you can be like, okay, now I'm going to take this into the bedroom and like try it out. Yeah, I kind of like that because it's it's a little different than telling someone or showing someone like how you like it. It's, hey, let's like watch this thing together and like get some ideas almost. And it's all of educational, like consensual. And I, yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. And I also love that you guys, I think you both kind of explore this topic of body hair and just, it's, I feel like this is very much not talked about a lot with this you know just do you have body hair do you not like when you shave like razor burn and all this stuff so yeah yeah, let's talk about it (laughs) i actually have stopped shaving and stopped getting waxed i bought myself a beard trimmer for my pubes yeah and it basically just trim them down quite short so it's like really neat basically and i'm kind of vibing with it because it's a lot less effort and it's neat, it's tidy, and there's no ingrown hairs, there's no razor burn, there's no itchy, like, regrowth. So, you know, like, I do like having, like, smooth, just wax, like, lips down there, because it's great for oral sex. So I, I do kind of feel like, well, yeah, like, maybe if there's a special occasion, I'll get a wax, but if there's no one special in my life I'm doing that for, then... Fuck that. Baby. I mean, <laughs> shaving is just something we've all grown up with. And it was definitely like the porn scene in the 90s that everyone was shaved. And so you thought you had to be as well. And you thought that was sexy. I regret shaving so much when I do because the, it's like the day after or the, the couple of days after. It's just irritable, aggravated grow back and it's horrible and you know I get like spots and white heads and again ingrown hairs I've recently had a giant acne like a deep acne spot on my fucking pubes man I'm like leave me alone like let me live please and I like wearing tight clothing so it's just like never ending same with like nipple hairs so long have we not talked about nipple hairs but nipple hairs is just so common for all genders and that was one of the first things that really helped Florence and I when we 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 the way we met was on a porn set and then we lived together and most of our nights were spent in our dressing gowns talking about sex and one of the main things that we sort of both like was like a light bulb moment was oh I've got nipple hair you've got nipple hair too oh my god I don't feel like such a freak nobody has taught me or told me that I don't have to have nipple hair is normal and everyone has nipple hair and we're talking about not like a light covering we're talking about the odd couple of odd random thick pube like hairs that will grow out from around your nipples they are normal yep I happens to me as well (laughs) I can I can say I'm joining the club just really they're, they're so random as well like they grow at like the most bizarre times and we feel so much shame towards it as well it's like where the hell has that come from something that's just so normal for humans to have because i don't i don't think it's like other people going like oh that's horrible why have you not removed that it's literally just like an idea of what we should look like not what we actually look like women have been told to be hairless basically i know people that shave their arms and stuff and it's just like Actually, if you're in the modeling industry, I didn't know this, they ask you to shave your arms. Wow, I didn't know that either. Weird, that's crazy. Yeah, I have friends who do because they have darker hair and it's, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy because people feel, I actually have a lot of friends who've done laser, laser everywhere. And I'm like, that is just, I'm like, okay. Expensive. It is expensive. And painful as hell. Yeah, I've heard. I would, I would say I probably, I'm, I would, not that I'm going to, but like I would do it if anywhere under my arms because my arm ha- underarm hair grows back every day. Yeah, like, yeah, people yeah. Are like six o'clock shadow. Literally, like I'm like, I have to shave again. Like what the hell? Yeah. And then that's, I mean, luckily our underarms are a little bit more resilient. It can handle, you know, shaving every so often, but you don't want to shave your underarms every week. 
every week. But then again, you know, on the flip side, we're going into that feminist movement of everyone growing out their hair. And just because you believe that you should be able to grow out your hair doesn't mean you have to. Don't feel pressurized. Like I still like having shaved underarms. I still like being basically bald on my pubes. That's a preference. Like, that's a preference. That's a that's a style choice, just like we have with our hair. Of course, it's amazing if you have that confidence to be able to just, yeah, not shave and rock that hairy pit because that looks really fucking sexy. And it's also a massive fetish for a lot of people. They love hair. So it really just depends on what's down to you and also how other people make you feel about what you like. If somebody is telling you, oh, I don't really know, that's not really cool, I don't really like that, then they need to fuck right off. You need to get them out of your life immediately. They should support you no matter what, even if they're not into it. Totally. Yeah, I think there's still that fear of like, oh my gosh, if you're not fully groomed and you're, you know, you've kind of spontaneously met someone, you're going back to someone's place and you're like, oh, like, fuck, I didn't shave. There, there's still that that stigma, I feel like. I feel that sometimes. And I'm like, fuck this. Like, I'm awesome. I'm hot shit. I, what, what does it matter what my vagina looks like? They should be blessed to even be near it in any regard they will be blessed and the thing is is it's not even them they're not sitting there going like oh like i wish you were shaved even though you've spontaneously come back to mind like it's literally us like we have created that weird fucking fear in our minds honestly any time that you see somebody naked you're not sitting there going like hmm i wish they trimmed their pubes a bit more like no one does that you just go oh my god get get that beautiful thing in my face immediately i i need nobody notices it as much as us like I remember well a lot of my relationships I would refuse to have sex because if I wasn't freshly shaved and so I was shaving every other day and that caused so many like painful yeah rump rumps and bumps lumps and bumps and it was just uncomfortable and I'm just like who was I back then or even just like taking off your your trousers your pants because you haven't shaved your legs and feeling embarrassed about that no one sees your fucking legs like no yeah, yeah. it's so I, true. I was I was definitely even feeling the hair shame yesterday because I was like I've got this whole new thing also I've I've been getting in my head a little bit that I feel like I got so comfortable with my ex and like him he was just so like cool about like I just felt so like at home I would never feel ashamed about anything on my body and like getting back into dating again has like brought all those feelings back up of being like insecure about certain things and like I wouldn't even bat an eyelid about just trimming my pubes like with my ex but like with someone new it's like oh what are they gonna feel like feel about this or that and like I got eaten out last night eight and out eight and out last night and yeah I still still I had that go through my mind oh like he's gonna like what is he gonna think of like the hair that I have down there yeah what's he gonna think of me oh it's so frustrating I wish we could just unlearn all of this stuff but it takes time it takes process it takes talking about it really and like normalizing it, chatting about it. I mean, cause I'm sure if you opened up and chatted to the other person, they'd just be like, dude, I really don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just very happy to Yeah, I mean, I don't give me. a fuck about any other no. people's pubes. No, I mean, maybe when I was a teenager. Yeah, and like talk about it with your girlfriends, talk about it with your guy friends. Like I, I talk to my friends about literally everything and just get comfortable normalizing it with your friends. And then they'll be like, oh yeah, like that happens to me all the time. Like whenever I have something going on and I'm like, I don't know, like what's going on? And I'll turn to my best friend. And she's like, that happens to me all the time. Like you're fine, don't worry. This is normal, blah, blah, blah. Because we just, we think that it's so separate and we need to separate those conversations, but we really need to just get them out in the open and normalize them. And we'll feel more comfortable talking about them with our partners in that regard too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah that's why we do this shit right (laughs) exactly well i just have a couple last questions rapid fire questions and then i want you guys to let everyone know where they can find you so how do you get excited for a date is the first question oh how do i get so nervous before dates i find it so hard to get excited before a date for me to try and get rid of the nerves that i do have i put on music and have a cheeky drink before I go out as well. So a little bit of liquid courage. But yeah, I find I do I find it very nerve wracking going on dates and I find it hard to get excited. Yeah. It's it I think dates are really nerve wracking. 
really fucking nerve-wracking I yeah I do the same like yeah put on music get myself pumped do a lot of telling myself that I'm fucking beautiful and like they are they are gonna be lucky to even meet me for a drink even if nothing happens so it's a lot of like bigging yourself up and not thinking that it's gonna go wrong don't think the worst you know a pre-imagine that this date's going to go really well you're going to get on really perfectly it's not going to be awkward it's going to be like easy and if it's awkward then it's on them it's not on you I mean yeah you can just you can make awkward situations like okay you know especially if if you talk about it if you laugh about it be like is this is this awkward or is this just me have a little laugh about it but yeah it's it's definitely just holding yourself up and being like okay fuck if this doesn't go well then I'm gonna learn something new about myself and they're gonna learn something new even if that new thing might be oh this is not what I'm looking for yeah I love I love those positive affirmations before I'm gonna try that next time I'm on a date yeah I do positive affirmations all the time, like in the shower, like before work. I'm just like, I'm smart, I'm beautiful, I'm confident. <laughs> yeah, wearing wearing something sexy as well, like not turning up to a date where you're like, eh, casual, I don't want to look like I'm too keen. Always wear something that you feel sexy in and good in and confident. You know, put makeup on if you feel you need it. Feel fucking good. Yeah, I actually changed my outfit twice before the date, like yesterday, because I went for the whole like, I was like, mm, maybe I'll do like this casual vibe. And then I was just like, mm, I don't, I'm not feeling myself in this. So I, I put on, I put on a dress. Yeah. Oh, a little dress. I Very love nice. that. Yeah. And it does, it does yeah, change. I mean, it's kind right? of a casual dress, but still. <laughs> it does change how you feel about it. You're just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like I'm in party mode. Let's do yeah. this. I also <laughs> wore my vibrator necklace. Oh, so. oh, nice. What a flex. I love that. It didn't actually get used, even though he was like, yeah, I know what that is. Oh, <laughs> uh, mate, you're missing a trick. Well, to be fair, like he did not need it during the the cuddling. This is fucking oh, all right. all right. Props to him. He could have been used in this. <laughs> yeah. So, what are your guys' ideal dates? Oh, ideal date. I love like an activity rather than. I really dislike going out for dinner because I find that like a weird, awkward situation. Um, oh, yeah, dinner no go. But like activities are really cool. I actually really love dates during lockdown because it forced you to be like outside like going on walks chilling in the park and I really liked that vibe so much so that like I would definitely continue doing dates like that I mean my date last night we went on a walk and like sat to see like the view of the whole of Toronto which was fucking incredible and it's just like we wouldn't have I wouldn't have seen that view or like that amazing setting if we had been sitting in a bar just drinking Mm, yeah I think that's I think the walking thing was so good because we have such a drinking culture in most countries so it's very normal to go to a bar or a pub where it's really loud and you you don't feel comfortable until you've reached a certain level of like drunk or tipsy and then the guard comes down so being able to go for a walk or actually doing an activity really does help you from that sort of awkward staring at each other kind of conversation like if you're walking side by side you don't have to make eye contact constantly you can point things out you can look at things I went on a date with our first proper date I mean we went to the pub firstly and then I was like come back and fuck me and I may never see you again and he was like okay but then obviously I saw him again because his dick was amazing but we went on a we went on a proper date and we we did what's it called mini golf like a mini golf clause and that was so fun it was so much fun because you could do all like the banter in between and like laughing at each other but then also having drinks on the side and ah it was it was a really cute first proper date yeah that's a really cute idea I've got a date lined up in LA I think and someone's like yeah I'm gonna take you dancing and I'm like that's it okay cool yeah that's cool yeah yeah I like it unless you turn you turn up at like I don't know like an actual club it's like go and dance yeah that's so awesome well this has been incredible thank you both so much for your time and just all the conversations. I feel like we dove into all different areas of your lives and yeah, just, we, really did. we talked about it all. So where can everyone find you? <laughs> Amazing. I mean, we are, both Florence and I are Come Curious, spelled C-O-M-E, Curious. You can find us on YouTube and of course your podcast platforms, but we also have the podcast in video form up on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram as well and Twitter, even though that's kind of under the way. And of course, like, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, and of course, our personal accounts. Um, I am Reed Amber X on Instagram and on Twitter and also on OnlyFans, baby, if you want to see me naked and doing naughty stuff and oh, sucking yeah, dick. Yeah. 
And I am on Instagram. I'm at Florence Bark. On Twitter, I'm at Florence Curious, which is the same as my OnlyFans. So <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Got to um, got to slip that in there, babe. Yeah, but it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us on. Thank you guys so much. Yes, and enjoy the rest of your days and your journeys and what you guys are doing. I love it. Amazing. It's <laughs> been you. so good. We love you so so much. Oh, I love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or this podcast in general, I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review below. And if you can think of anyone who would enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it. As a new podcast, the most helpful thing is to grow by word of mouth. After all, who doesn't enjoy a good date story? Lastly, if you would like to connect with me, please follow me on Instagram at ghosts underscore of dates past. And feel free to shoot me a DM if you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest. I'm always looking for new people to bring on to the show. Hope you all have lovely weeks, and I'll be back next week for another juicy episode. Bye for now. Bye.